yes, he can. Leafs 5-4 winners at home over the Chicago Blackhawks. David Camp once again playing the hero against his former team. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you to break it all down. Uh, Gord, uh, a lot of good, a lot of bad, quite frankly, to take out of that. Uh, plenty to chew on following a 5-4 Leafs win. Yeah, the walk to the subway, you'd be popping questions back and forth like uh, the late Alex Trebek in overdrive with Jeopardy. Uh, great memory. <laughs> I mean, David Kemp, that first goal against Chicago was really what turned the season around for the Toronto Maple Leafs, stopped some severe bleeding. And this one, they flashed up to Kyle Dubas, and he wasn't being overly jubilant. He just kind of shaking his head. You know, it seemed to be one of those games, maybe in many ways, that for the Maple Leafs, that kind of fortuitous bounce on the Morgan Riley wire around was the way the game was going to go. But, yeah, Leafs scored three goals in under 12 minutes, get a 4-1 lead, blow a three-goal lead, uh, Seven games in a row, they'd allow two goals and under. Now six in a row, they've allowed three three or more. So, yeah, but it's two points, you know? So all the things when we slice it, dice it, which we will over the next uh, uh, 45 minutes or so, but at th- it's two points, and that's the thing, the difference about finding ways to win. So there, there's plenty we can nitpick, and, and we'll do it, but the, the Leafs won a hockey game uh, on an exciting play at the end, so we're not going to come on here and be, uh, you know, be uh, Debbie or Dean Downers. We're going we're gonna to be excited here because, once again, there, again there, there is definitely stuff you can nitpick about, and we will. But, okay, this is, what, the fourth straight game now with a pair of power play goals. As you mentioned, they're scoring in bunches. Uh, Mitch Marner's not in the lineup, so all the other big forwards score for you. It's just the, this offense, and again, there's, there's stuff to pick out defensively but this offense is proving exactly you know why we all have such lofty expectations for this team and you know it's nice to get depth scoring but nothing nothing feels quite as good as when the offense looks the way it did in the first period and it's all the big boys and it's on the power play no absolutely two for two for three on the power play and you know our buddy stevie actually it's five straight games he said they did it once in december 1981 which was the dark days and January 1993, which actually was when uh, uh, that was not the dark days. That was the start of the great run they had that year. They'd actually had a slow start in the 92-93 season and came around in January. So got the power play going. Please stop the absurdity. Are they better without Mitch Marner and all that kind of stuff? You obviously are better with Mitch Marner in your lineup. But figuring out the power play has been huge. And, yeah, and the offense, and the offense. And it's kind of, you know, you are that kind of team. It's wonderful. Like the great – when they were out in that West Coast trip, I mean, they it was almost like those third periods, Brent, we thought should be running time because they were up like <laughs> 5-1 or yep. what have you. So here are closer. But I, I know defense wins Stanley Cup, so it says. But when you get offense and you're able to apply it and, you know, and again, a break on the fifth. But really, the, this offense – that should be as good as any offense in the in the league has has really flexed its muscle the last 15 or so games. So I want to be very clear about what I'm saying here. You nailed it. There is not a world where this Leafs power play is better off over the long run, over a season, over a playoff run without Mitch Marner in the fold. Right now, the unit looks as, as good as it's looked. I won't say ever because there have been times it's been humming like this with Marner involved. And, and I don't want to turn this into an either or because guess what? The second Mitch Marner's healthy, he's going back on that first power play. But I really love the work 
Andre Kasha has been doing there. You know, this is a guy who's got tons of praise for his five-on-five play, his defensive work with with David Camp, the the guy who played the hero tonight. But I, I just love the work Kasha does down low. You know, it's almost like what the Leafs had in Wayne Simmons early on in the season before the injuries and, you know, maybe father time caught up to him a little more. Feels like it's the perfect mix of a guy with, with tons of, or well, you know, a, a decent amount of offensive skill. And then he's just strong as an ox. And I think maybe the most important part about it, he is wholly willing to defer to every other player on the ice to him. And I think that's what's making Kasha such a great cog in that unit right now. Yeah, and you know, Jason Spets, another option in the power sure. plays, not there as well. Um, you know, I, I'll keep going back. I'll, I'll include David Camp, but mostly I'll talk about Michael Bunting and Andre Kasha as just being really impressed, really impressed, which I have not been in other years with the different acquisitions that have tried to um, – create a third line or a fourth line to increase the team depth. I mean, it really hasn't happened. And this year, when all eyes, most eyes were on Nick Ritchie about it because he was sort of viewed as the Zach Hyman replacement, um, it's the other guys that have really impressed me. And, uh, you know, good on Sheldon Keefe because uh, I know Sam Mitchell. I know there's been other coaches since Sam Mitchell with the Raptors, but he basically used to, we used to have him on the fan, just say, hey, his biggest thing was um, time on the court. That's what he controlled. You know, that that's what they wanted. And that was the, you know, the ultimate cherry on the Sunday they wanted. And same thing in hockey. It's power play. It's, excuse me, time on ice and then power play time. And Sheldon Keefe, it's not, you know, he's without some other guys. So he thinks who's next, who deserves it. And Andre Kasha, there you go. And I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I continue, Brent, just to be impressed. And he certainly was a difference maker in tonight's game, to say the least. Uh, one assist, four shots on that, 19 minutes and five seconds of ice time, two minutes and 10 seconds of power play time. But he's one of those guys you got to keep your eye on when he's without the puck because he just makes all the smart moves. Yeah, he he does, and I, uh, you know, I, I I'm singing his praises on the power play there, and you know, I don't think it's anything Wayne Simmons hasn't done. I want to be clear about that, but it just felt like that line just had a little more pop, a little more jump with with Kasha up on the right side with with Matthews and and Bunting there. It just it seems like he's a guy who, and again, you know, Wayne Simmons in his prime would have been more than this, but he's not in his prime. He is the Wayne Simmons that that's here in Toronto now, and it just feels like Kasha gives them a little something else. And I do think, and again, be careful what you wish for the Leafs surrendered four goals tonight so maybe you can't take it as lightly but I do think in these games where you don't necessarily have the high-powered offenses coming in it does allow Keith it does allow Keith the the opportunity to kind of move Kasha up in the lineup and not need him alongside camp in that shutdown role no absolutely absolutely and and so we'll go to I mean again because we do this on Leafs Nation post game like you would again if you're walking to your cars walking to the subway on the subway, in the cars. He's talked about so many things. And really, the storyline today was Peter Morazic. He was viewed as, I, you know, there's sort of 1A. I think he was viewed he was viewed as 1A over Jack Campbell being 1B, or maybe they were co-1s, or whatever it may be, in the offseason. But Jack Campbell certainly is the 1A guy. And tonight, you know, Peter Morazic, it's, it's not easy your first game back. Uh, and I, I don't like to make excuses because, first of all, when you're when you're cleared to come back, I mean, you're really cleared to come back. It's not like you've got nagging things going on. He played a bit with the Toronto Marlies. And I, I'd said before the game, what you want out of him not to be the difference in losing the game. Don't expect him to steal a game. It's a bonus if he is that difference. But not to make a difference in losing the game. And I, that and ultimately that's what he was like there were there were some you look at a couple of the goals and you can quibble but you also look at shots on goal were in favor of Chicago and some big saves came Peter Morazic's way so I just thought 
that was really important for, you know, it's a brand new team. So he hasn't had a chance to, it's different if he'd played here five years, got hurt basically at the start of the year, but he hadn't played here at all. And it, it sort of adds a little, another element of what whatever you call it, pressure, expectations. And, uh, and, and I was happy they got that fifth goal for him because when you blow a three-goal lead and the momentum changes, that's not a good place to be. So, again, the Maple Leafs kept the offensive prowess going. And, you know, sometimes when you keep that going, you do get that lucky bounce that led to that goal. Yeah, what a what a weird night for for Mrazek. You know, I, uh, I I'm not going to sit here and bury a guy after after his first shot coming back, but I'll, he'll tell you that's not how he wanted to start. You know, Jonathan Taves walks in on you, places a, a, a shot nicely. And you're not going to kill him, but again, it's the first shot of the game, and and those can be backbreakers for any team. We've seen it be backbreakers for for this group here, and I think the fact that he he really battled back. You know, in that second period, when I think the Leafs just generated, I, I believe it was four shots in the second period. And the Blackhawks were getting a ton of push. I mean, he holds them to just one goal in that frame, and he kind of allows the Leafs to to keep that lead. You know, obviously the the goals come kind of fast and furious to to start the third period there, but it was just a really weird up and down game for Mrazek. I think he showed both what you know any goaltender coming back from injury will show so, some rust and probably one or two he wanted to have back. But I also thought there were long, long stretches of this game, and this is a problem for the team in front of him. But there were long stretches of this. Game game where it felt like he showed you exactly why the Leafs went out and, and made that bet on him for the three-year deal. Yeah, you know, it, I, 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 the word probably for me is a little bit uneven, a little bit of an uneven game. Yep. But but uh, again, he, he isn't the reason they lost the game. Um, they win the game. Uh, when you score five goals, that's that's good for any goaltender. Your chances are generally pretty good. And, uh, you know, it's just funny, um, all these storylines, because uh, goaltending, trying to, trying to get that one-two tandem, hasn't been there for quite some time. And, you know, it's not a problem if you got a number one that plays 80% of the games and kills it, but that really hadn't been the Leafs and not really what they'd planned to be. And, and they you never found that number two for Freddie. And then when they did, Freddie got injured, right? So Jack Campbell was kind of alone. So, you know, will they have this depth in goal? Um, then again, about signing Jack Campbell in subsequent years, I still believe they will. But then will you have that depth moving forward? It's a great question. Uh, not not the Jack Campbell one. I'm terrified to talk about it, quite frankly. Everything's going way too well for this team right now. There always has to be a, concra- a contractual or contractual, quite honestly, uh, issue lurking around one way uh, or another. But tonight, yes, it is a, a 5-4 win for the team. You know, uh, one of the goals late, it's the uh, it's the Kubelik goal. So it's the goal early in the, in the third period. And, you know, it, it's Rubens and Hall out there for it. Now, uh, my understanding, I'm just looking at the shift chart here. I think Rubens got maybe one or two more shifts after that. Uh, you know, Keith kind of stapling him to the bench. You know, on that play, I thought, yeah, he got beat, but I thought it was actually Hall coming over that kind of, you know, led to the goal. A million things led to the goal when when anybody, you know, wh- whenever, whenever there is a two-on-one break effectively, it's not one defenseman's fault, but I, you know, I, I thought it was a little weird that, that Rubens is the guy who kind of gets stapled to the bench there when I thought it was Hall who, who kind of made the bad read on that play. W- what did you make of it? And I, and I guess that pair tonight as a whole. Yeah, I, 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 I guess you go when in doubt, go with a veteran, you know. And uh, and you're right. So I guess they, the job didn't happen as a pair. So I take it that's how that's how we interpret it. You know, it's um, it, it, it was funny because that goal was strange in that in the Kubalik goal because there was that hit by Muzzin, and there was this sort of period of indetermination that. 
and, and you had to feel like, first of all, Lines was going to blow it down for a major. I, I didn't think it was going to be a major, but you didn't know. It just had that kind of effect. We've heard so much of it lately. The Blackhawk player appeared injured. Blackhawk bench is going crazy. And no penalty happens, and, and actually the, the play carries on for quite some time, and then Kubelik puts it in. So it, it, it was a bit of a hellbent for leather, it seemed, minute or so. But, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Boy, Kubelik, only five goals as well. He's the guy, like, he's one of those rookies, like when you, like kind of Gurianov on Dallas, you know, you take it to a certain level, and it's key, uh, you don't go back, you don't, you don't regress. And he, he's a skilled guy that, to me, has a little bit. But you're right about that read. And then he went with who he felt most comfortable. And, again, like, like hey, seven, seven, excuse me, six games in a row with three or more goals after seven games with two or fewer goals. So that obviously means there's some sloppy D out there, Brent. Well, yeah, and that, that's the thing. I don't, want to, I don't want to turn this into, oh, my goodness, Justin Hall's fault. Like, again, I want to be clear. It was basically a two-on-one by the time Hall got back there. So there's plenty of people we, we can sit here po- pointing fingers at. But it's just, it's more to me, I really like what the Leafs have, have got out of Rubens. And, you know, I know in the grand scheme of things, you hope you don't need them much going forward. You hope Sandine's back in a week or two. You hope Dermott's back even before then. But I just think, you know, we, we talk so much about the confidence. We do it with goaltenders. We, we we do it with forwards, and I feel like it's just so important as well for, for young D. And look, Sheldon Keefe can sit there after the game and have a talk with Rubens and go over the shifts and say what he liked and say you're not in the doghouse. Like, I don't want to blow this up to be too big of an issue, but I just think it's a guy that you've gotten some pretty solid minutes from so far who is pretty far down in your depth chart. And I think kind of singling him out in that way, it's just a, it's a touch odd to me. But again, I think there's plenty of ways to kind of coach around it. Uh, nine minutes, 27 seconds of ice time for Rubens. And, and you you think, and it's not kid gloves, but just positive, constructive gloves and discussions, you know, with the assistant coaches. I mean, like, he's not being brought up here on merit. It's not like he's wowing everybody and then, you yep. you know, you're putting him out there. He's being brought up because of injury. And you know, he's not, I mean, quite frankly, I think a lot of Leaf fans were aware where he was on the depth chart. So, um yeah, so it, it, when the going gets tough, the plan would be to cut back, and it got close again, so he cut back. So he stuck with his plan, even though, you know, to your point, it's two guys that, that screwed up on that goal on the D side, and, and Ruben certainly was lesser than the others. But uh, I, I, at, at the end is when you're the, when you're the coach, it's, the, it, it's, it's game management, trying to figure the things out, the tinkering, but also the big picture is when you're, when you're, shutting your, when you're, you're making your bench shorter, you know, you you tend to go to the guys that have been reliable in the past. Yeah, I think I think those are all uh, good points, and that's why you're here, Gord. Is you know, I need you, I need I need Sam when he's here as well to kind of tug the leash on me a little bit. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 you're getting a little out of control. Heal, heal, and uh, that that's exactly what I need you there for. I want to talk about this Muzzin hit for a second. You know, I think the, I think the guys on the uh, on the broadcast did a great job, kind of breaking it down. That's a hit that looks really hard, and you can sit there and go, uh, where was the contact? But and I mean, I know we all get uh, look. Chicago gets to be as mad as they want. That guy got licked right at center ice right in front of their bench. They they don't have the benefit of a thousand replays. Chicago can be as angry as they want, but I think going forward like there's no world where that that hit by Muzzin is looked at. It felt like he got him kind of clean on the ribs to me and you know obviously you hope the Chicago players okay, but in no way shape or form to me was that a that a dirty hit by by any means. No, they went through that. Jacob Truba had back-to-back games with phenomenal hits. One was on Juju Carroll, which uh, he got hurt, you know, was knocked out with the Chicago Blackhawks and and uh so yeah, I mean, it's still a game of clean hits. And, 
you know, we've talked about other times why is there's this their need for retribution when there's a clean hit. I don't know where that came into the game. And also when there's any kind of clean hit, uh, the yelling from the bench, uh, I take it as, hey, maybe, maybe just maybe, just maybe you'll draw the penalty. Maybe underneath you're kind of applauding good old-fashioned hitting, but you're not going to show it outwardly. It, 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 was, it was just weird because when it first happened and because all that's going on in the next game after in Winnipeg, Ian Cole got uh, got five in a game for uh, for Neymar yep. Shifley. So all of a sudden you you, you wonder if, you know, it, it happens. There's certain trends and all of a sudden the director's been sent and are you going to watch a more officious calling or clamp down on that? So there was just that bit that, you know, you kind of went on. Then you realize, okay, well, the Blackhawks have had possession for a ton. So it's <laughs> it's obviously not going to be a penalty. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was, uh, it, I, it was a very, very clean hit. Yeah, and uh, and man, I uh, I also and I want to be clear. I've come on this show. Ooh, I'd say seventy percent of the times we've done it and complained about the officiating. I thought the officiating was fine tonight. Uh, the other kind of interesting play from that standpoint was, and I think this was completely inadvertent. I don't think this was a Pionk situation by any means. You know, Kerfoot had the quick stop up in the first period. The Leafs get a, the tripping penalty called on it, but man, it's it's amazing how many times a game you have those quick plays and Kerfoot. He he goes knee on knee with the the. Chicago Chicago player not not you know his fault he, he stopped up there but you know it's amazing how that doesn't look all that different from the play Sandine got injured on Kerfoot pops up and he's fine and it is just a reminder of what kind of a razor's edge these guys are playing on yeah yeah it is it is and uh, uh and and that's why when I was talking about why don't officials and they did it in the cool thing you know if they got any gray area call the five minute may and and game misconduct and I'm not saying go go crazy about it because then you're you'd have to give a two yeah. minute penalty as well so you have to have to make sure it's a clear cut penalty but yeah the margins are so so slim in penalties or not and particularly in in more significantly Brent in getting injured or not and that's what you don't like to see no, you uh, you don't like to see it at all. Uh, we, we've talked about a ton of players uh, involved in tonight's game because the, there was a lot of good. But I think the kind of overwhelming theme, and you've touched on it a few times here, is just the team defense. You know, the way this team was winning games, yeah, it was nice that they were putting up four and five goals on this West Coast trip. But the thing that had us all in a titter was that it was holding the opponents to two goals, holding them to one goal, shutting them out, and that hasn't been the case. Now, you've played some solid teams lately. Okay, maybe Chicago's night not quite on the class of, of the Wild or the, or the Jets or definitely not the Lightning, but I, I think part of it is, okay, you've played some solid teams lately, but even Columbus and tonight against Chicago, it does feel like, and, and hey, these things happen. There are peaks and valleys all throughout a season, but it just feels like that, that rock-solid defensive structure that we praise this team for just feels like there's there's a few more leaks in it lately than than there have been you know during that amazing run. Yeah, it uh, didn't automatically become a Jennings Trophy type year. Yeah, <laughs> the Islanders did that a few years ago under Barry Trotz, went from worst to first. But uh, um, I, I like the two parts. So one, they've shown they could do it over a prolonged period of time successfully, and the other is, um, yeah, don't you you can't take your pedal off the metal because it's something that could also elude you and there's a commitment and style and you're and you're not quite there yet doing it say 90 percent of the time no uh you're not uh, somebody somebody who does it a hundred percent of the time and it is scoring goals against his former team the chicago blackhawk let's hear from the guy who scored the game winner tonight let's hear from leaf center david camp how did that feel david yeah it, it. It feels great, like scored in the last couple of minutes. Big goal for us, I think, and yeah, for sure, feels good. 
a little bit sweeter the fact who the opponent is? I don't know. It's just I. Doesn't matter with, against the team, so I'm happy for every goal. Before that, it looked like the team was kind of letting things slip away. Uh, defensively, what were you seeing that was kind of a challenge that was brought from Chicago? Yeah, I think we 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 had good lead in the, the third period, and we lost a couple couple plays there and get a couple of goals, and it, it was like tight game, so it was a little bit bad, but I think. Two, two big points for us, and it, it's huge. How did that play kind of develop for you? Were you expecting a bounce like that, or did you just sort of see the puck? And, uh, I think it, it was just lucky bounce. Lucky bounce, and I had op op open net, and it was in, so, yeah. What do you expect on the trip uh, coming up? Uh, some tough teams. You see McDavid, you're going to see a lot of different uh, players on this trip. Yeah, it will be a tough trip for us. We have four games there. But we have to be ready for every game and try, try to win every game. Yeah, you figure you guys are getting more used to not having Mitch there. You're kind of getting some new lines together, but you're getting some uh, some consistency there. Do you think offensively? Yeah, for sure. Like Mitch is big loss for us, but we we have, we have to play without him. And I think we we did a good job today. We we get two points, and I think we will be ready for the for the next games. How happy were you for Peter Morassi today? Yeah, it's, it's a big win for him after a long time and win for him, so that's good. Oh, that's right. I always forget Mrazek is part of the uh, the Czech contingent on this on this Leafs team as well. Uh, there, there's David Camp who scored the game winner tonight. It's his fourth of the season. That ties his secondary career high, once scored eight. Uh, that was back in uh, 1920 with the Blackhawks. So, hey, uh, 30 games into the season, and he's already halfway to his uh, career high in goals. I know that's not remotely what he prides himself on, but every single guy wants to contribute, wants to get on the score sheet. And I'm sure to have two games like that and goals like that, albeit against his former team, it's got to be huge for, for him, Gord. Yeah, first year of a two-year, 1.5 million cap hit contract. And... Uh... You you gave the goals out that he only well he only had one in fifty six games last year for Chicago eight the previous year yeah I, I don't and I don't think there was any sweetness really about it being against Chicago I don't think he has any kind of malice that way and he, he said that you know I I mean obviously I'm I'm a long time away from when you're part of the team and you hung with the guys day in day out but uh, uh, you know we had a lot of guys that came over for what was then Czechoslovakia so I can I can just see like if you're at a cocktail party with him it could be kind of long and dry you know and a lot of that is the uh, um, English is the second language and getting comfortable and they tend to get comfortable more with you know people they're comfortable with early on so that's why I know talk you, you hear uh, guys like Artemi Panarin with the New York Rangers they can speak English pretty well but they still want interpreters for the questions because they want to be very careful that's why Leo Komarov was so valuable guys in, interpreter instigator in just about any language you you could need out there uh, in the NHL uh, he he could definitely uh, chop it up or chop it down in, in I don't know three four five out there uh, the Estonian guy from Russia who plays for Finland internationally and I'm sure speaks plenty more languages than that oh god what a character Uncle Leo was uh, there will always 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 be a, a soft place in my heart for him uh, let's step aside before we hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe also our buddy Luke Fox is going to join us. We will do that and more when we continue here on Leaf Station Postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
Leafs Nation postgame here. Brent Gunning, Gord Stelic alongside me dissecting a 5-4 Leafs win at home over Chicago. Once again against Chicago, it is David Camp playing the role of hero. He corrals a crazy bounce towards the end of the game. Uh, yes, a minute 20 left. Morgan Riley and TJ Brody setting that one up. So I think you can imagine how that goal looked as the Leafs get back in the win column with a 5-4 win at home. Uh, Gord, Austin Matthews with another one getting on the board here all of a sudden he is tied for a third in league scoring but Gord I sure you'll understand I'm not going to ask you about that I'm not even going to ask Luke Fox about that I'm going to ask him about something else Luke Fox joins us now Luke how you doing bud I'm doing well how are you guys Fired up, fired up. So I, I think I think going forward, you know, hey, a 5-4 win at home, you're pretty happy about that. You're back in the win column. But, you know, if we can kind of go back to even some hard-fought losses against Winnipeg and, and, uh, and Minnesota over the weekend, you know, how, how, what's your level of concern for this team in terms of the way it's trending, the way the defense as a whole team unit is looking? Uh, where are you at on this team uh, compared to where we were, you know, two weeks ago? Yeah, growing concern, I'd say. Um, defensively, they've taken a, a giant step backwards. Um, you know, they're giving up way more uh, in terms of rest chances, in terms of second chances. Uh, they're sloppier in their own end and in their neutral zone. Make The decision-making isn't as sharp. Um, Sheldon Keith puts it as they're just out of sync, you know, like, the forwards in the D aren't as connected as they were when they seem to be rolling in November. Um, there's a, a sloppiness that has, has crept into Leafs game, and, and basically they stole this one, right? Like, if you look at five-on-five five play, Chicago, um, you know, dominated. They, they had more more zone time, more chances. They were getting to the net. Um, you know, it wasn't for Peter Mrazek. You know, he didn't have a uh, another worldly night. He still gave up four. But he made a couple key saves that, you know, if, if Patrick Kane, Kane uh, scores on a breakaway or something, Chicago wins the game. Uh, so, you know, they got some key saves, and their power play has been bailing them out. This is five straight games in which they've scored two power play goals. Um, so the, the special teams is kind of masking uh, some, some real slippage going on here in their five-on-five play. Yeah, so you mentioned the two things, and you're right. I mean, let's, you know, look at the defense, but at the end they get the two points. So, you know, yeah. if by game number 83 you have more yin than yang on on everything would be great, but other things, whatever it may be, try to have something going and get the win. And the power play was something we talked about forever. Uh, the defensive play actually caught me by surprise, like that seven-game stretch where they gave up two or fewer goals, and maybe hopefully that's something they can emulate along the road. But, boy, at least the power play, we weren't going nuts when we said, you know, you, you cannot, and even with Marner and Spezza out, you can't have that kind of talent and have that kind of ineptness. Yeah, right. And and that is kind of really interesting is all five of these games have been without Marner. Um, and it really hasn't missed a beat. In fact, it's gone up in terms of, you know, the fact they're cashing in twice a game. But it's also, I find, a lot of these power play goals have come very quickly, like very early into the power play. Like they're attacking their net. They're, William Nylander said basically, you know, they get an open look and they take the shot um, and then try to deal with the puck recovery. They're not, they're not overthinking things. They, they move the puck quickly, take a, a decent quality shot, and then if they can get it back, they take another one. Um, and, they're, and they're just rolling with confidence, that unit. And they have multiple shooters, right? Like John Tavares is, is 
is producing at a really nice clip this year. Austin Matthews is, like you said, up to third overall in the whole league. Andre Cash has caught a little bit of fire here. Willie Nylander can shoot the puck. So they have more threats and more guys are pulling the trigger um, when they get in the right position. Yeah, that that's where that's where I'm at. That's what I'm I'm seeing as well. Um, you know, something that caught my eye late late in this one, uh, the 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 I think it was the third goal, the Kubalik goal for for Chicago. You know, Rubens is beat a little bit. Hall comes over. Rubens only sees the ice again once after that play. And you know, I understand the game gets tighter. You're going to be leaning on your six defensemen less and less as a game goes on like that. But that to me felt like Rubens getting punished for not a great read by Justin Hall. And I don't want to put that. That entire goal on him. There are plenty of other breakdowns lead to them being in that position. But what what did you what did you make of the play of that pair, kind of as a whole tonight? Yeah, not great. Um, but I mean, this is this is what we're seeing, right? Like this is a a pretty exposed decor right now. Um, you got Timothy Lilligren. I think he's doing a, an admirable job, but he's he's a rookie. And then you got a guy just called up playing his third game ever, um, and he's he's kept his head above water christian zrubin so i don't think he's done a horrible job but you know this this shows how how quickly things can fall off right like you got rasmus sandin on the shelf for quite a while and he's played his way up into you know arguably one of the top four defensemen on certain nights on this team certainly the fifth and then you got travis Dermott, who you know um has his flaws but has been a, a pretty reliable third pairing guy and he still seems to be coming back slowly from this shoulder injury um so it's getting exposed a little bit and and maybe it's not you know Ruben's fault in, in particular but he hasn't had a lot of reps uh with Hall at, at recently and he hasn't had a lot of experience at the NHL level so there are certain reads that aren't coming as quickly to some of these guys and there's a lack of chemistry between the D pairings who have already been shuffled during this uh this t- stretch of injuries Luke, this is one of the games we're just doing, Leafs Nation postgame. It's funny, one and only visit from Chicago. It seems to always be a Saturday in December. I know once it was the Hockey Hall of Fame game on a Friday. Uh, What was the environment down like there? Because it's sort of been something that I feel has been growing and evolving positively after kind of a quiet start. Yeah, someone turned to me and said, I think this is the loudest Saturday night I've, I've seen in this, this rink in a while. And, and certainly before the game, there was, there was a good energy. Um, I think it kind of dipped off in the middle of the game a little bit, but it ramped right back up at the end. And there was some, some organic, you know, goalies go chants that weren't queued up by the, the Jumbotron. You know, like fans, fans are, are into this team. Um, and there, there's flashes of, of brilliance that give them stuff uh, to cheer about, whether it's Mrazek making a big save or whether it's Austin Matthews scoring another goal. So I, I think there was considerable buzz um, for this game. And, and even though, you know, Chicago isn't what it once was and they're kind of scuffling along, they put up a good fight. Um, you know, Sheldon Keith said that uh, they, they ran the numbers and that they have the best five-on-five uh, defense since the, uh, the coaching change. And I think Derek King taking over for Jeremy Carlton has kind of stabilized the group a little bit. Um, I don't think anyone sees them as, as a contender, but when you get an original six club in here, um, it, it always is, seems to be a good matchup. Um, and, and it was, certainly was an entertaining one tonight. Yeah, the energy is allowed to wane in the building when you manage four shots in a period, yeah, I think yeah, so. But yeah. other other than that, it uh, definitely looked like a good crowd uh, where we were watching it, and we confirmed it via you, Luke. Always love chatting with you after the games. Thanks so much, bud. Okay, have a great night, guys. Thanks. 
There he goes, at Luke Fox Jukebox. Follow him on Twitter. Read his piece on sportsnet.ca. I actually had a great piece up uh, ahead of today's game, Quick Shifts. Just a kind of quick little lap around uh, all things in, in Leafsland. And how about this for a little plug? I'm plugging all of Luke's work. I think we might talk about some of those topics tomorrow on the Leafs this week with you and I, Gord, 1-2 to two on Sportsnet uh, 590. The fan. I think we might get into some we of that have stuff. A, we have a full hour, and it starts the week with that uh, game that had a bit of everything in Winnipeg. So it's been a great time time to start what will be a Sunday afternoon staple at 1 p.m. Oh, that's right. I forgot our I forgot our first show was right before that because uh, that game felt like a week long. And uh, yeah, so uh, definitely a ton, a ton, a ton to get into. And we'll do that tomorrow. Also, uh, just always kind of funny when you see him, right? Uh, you know, didn't have the longest of tenure. But uh, hey, anytime a guy who used to play the Leafs is coaching against him, always mildly interesting. Saw them throwing up uh, the the, the uh, clip in the broadcast today of saying how proud he was to be a Leaf back when he was here for uh, Derek King. Just always funny to see one of those uh, former faces poking around. Yeah, didn't get the video tribute, which uh, yeah, which I'm glad. But, uh, yes, it is. The guys worked hard. The guys worked hard at different levels. And anyone that wore that blue and white for a little bit uh, seems to always wear it with a lot of pride and good memories. Yeah, that's right. Uh, somebody who's been building a lot of good memories. Uh, well, I, you know, he wears blue and white sometimes. He's a coach. He could he could be a little more lenient with the colors. Uh, Sheldon Keefe. Let's hear what he thought of the Leafs' 5-4 win at home tonight. Sheldon, you get the late win and a... Uh on top of a road trip that's coming up and uh, you know, a piece of first place, but uh, there's a defensive game tonight and the way they came back sort of a little cause for trepidation. Yeah, it's, it's the same story that it's been here. You know, it's just <clears throat> too many chances against, too many freebies, too many guys in behind us, same issues that, that were hurting us when we weren't winning games early in the season. Uh, the fact that we won tonight is a good thing. Obviously, we got a little, little bit of a fortunate bounce there, but. To maybe win the game on special teams and goaltending, and we get outplayed pretty badly at five on five. What did you make of Morazic? Goaltending obviously was a good part today, but what about Morazic Yeah, I just thought he competed really hard, looked good, made a lot of big saves. You know, I think I'm sure those two long ones he probably wants to have back. Um, but you know, he he made a number of high end saves that could have been goals. You know, when it was four one for a good chunk of that second period, I you know I, I thought it could have been a tie game. You know, just the level of chances we're giving up. So that's uh, it's a good effort by him. And, and the fact he gets out of it feeling good from a health perspective is even better. When you're up 4-1, do you notice a cheat in the game toward offense? What do you think is leading to the chances against? Yeah, I got to watch it all back. I think there's... there's. I don't want to necessarily use the word cheating as I don't think that's really the case. I just think we're out of, we're out of sync. I mean, there's some pucks that we're forcing into the middle and we're playing against a team that's... We talked about playing a very conservative game defensively. They're just holding the middle of the rink and they're just waiting for you to force pucks in there and turn on it and go. So I didn't like how we adapted to that. I thought the lines and, and that did adapt to that. You know, I thought the you know, the Engvall, Clifford, Steve's line is an example. They didn't bother playing in the middle of the ice because there was nothing there. They just put things to the bottom and played deep in the offensive zone, scored a huge goal, but also had a, lot, a number of really good shifts for us. Um, I just don't like how we didn't adapt. I thought, especially our, our top lines, our better players, they're still trying to make plays in there that aren't available. Uh, so I don't like that. But in terms of the chances against, I think it's a little more, we're just, we're just out of sync again. You know, here we're our defense going down on the walls and our forwards reloading me and above. Like, we're just, we're not making good reads in, there, in, those, in those plays. And then times pucks are behind us. We get defenseman beat. You know, you look at the, the third goal, 
you know, Rubens is beat, but he's recovering, and then Hall comes over to try to double up and help out his partner, and that exposes the middle. Just little little things like that. Those are fundamental plays that we're just we're out of sync right now and not getting right. Was that a teaching moment for Rubens? Did you play the remainder of the game after that, or are you trying to get the other B to kind of compensate the? Well, it's just you know I thought I thought between that that one there in the third goal and the first goal and the penalty. I mean, there's there's. A number of things happening in behind Rubens tonight that were, were problematic. Um, so you know, late in the game, you, you're just you know you're trying to give a young guy a break in that sense, really, and, and just to rely on the more experienced players in that in that situation. But um, yeah, we're just we're just out of sync in those in those situations, and we got to get it dialed in here quickly. Do you think going on the road might help that a bit? Sometimes the road mentality of things yeah, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Obviously, our last extended Western trip when we went out to California, you know, starting in Long Island and out to California for four, you know, that four-game swing was, was our best segment of hockey we've played this season. So we're certainly going to need more of that. Obviously, going into Edmonton to start, play a game like that, give up those quality chances against that team in a long night. Are you at all surprised that the power play hasn't really missed a beat without Mitch being on it? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, we still got lots of talent out there, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I think I'm surprised at just the, the level that we've executed on. I mean, it's, those are not really sustainable numbers, you know. But uh, we've, we've played with tons of confidence and, you know, not just tonight, but other nights, like, we've scored really early, too, like, and we haven't had to use a whole lot of time to use a little bit more, but um, puck's, puck's gone in for us really quickly. Um, it's really helped give us lots of confidence. Cash has filled in really nice there as that right shot that kind of, you know, taking some of the, the, the Marner situations. He's helping us on entries the way Mitch does. Uh, so, you know, that, that group hasn't missed a beat. In fact, he's, you know, it's had an uptick. To clarify, Mitch is on long-term now, so you won't have him for this, uh, through the end of the trip? Correct, yes. Was Andre okay? Did he take a big hit there from the, uh, was, uh, the third? Yeah, I think so. I, haven't, I mean, I haven't talked to our trainers to get the, the report for the end of the game or anything, but he didn't miss a, sh miss a shift. In fact, he, he competed his ass off the rest of that, rest of that shift there. So, um, you know, I, don't, I don't think there's anything there. Sheldon Keefe talking about Andre Kasha at the end there. I don't think he needed to uh, clarify just that shift. Uh, that's pretty much the scouting report for Kasha at all points in time. Somebody else who uh, fits that uh, description quite aptly is Leafs captain John Tavares. Let's hear from him following the win. John, uh, win's a win. Uh, how do you describe that crazy sequence at the end to kind of pull out the there? Uh, on our goal or just defending? In general, just like the third period, but hanging on and then getting the goal to kind of at least get the result. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, winning's hard in this league and, and you got to do it different ways sometimes. It's not always the way you draw it up. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, Raz uh, played a hell of a night, really uh, uh, hanging those two points on him. Hard to leave the rink tonight, I think, feeling good about our game. Um, obviously, we, we put ourselves in a really good spot, and we just didn't take care of it like we have pretty much all year. So, um, you know, we got to get back to work and obviously correct uh, the areas that uh, uh, we're not sharpening and, and uh, doing a better job where we have to. So, um, but uh, staying with it, um, you know, started to generate a little bit more momentum, I think, uh, towards the end of the game. And, uh, you know, big goal by Kemper uh, uh, get us two points. Uh, 
another two goals by the power play. It just seems really hot right now. What, what's kind of interesting is without Mitch. So what do you think has allowed you guys to be effective? Well, we miss we miss Mitchie. There's no doubt. Um, I, I think we got uh, you know all the guys that are out there uh, with Mitchie, and then you know Kausher's uh, obviously shown uh, the tremendous impact he's made uh, all year for us. So he's fit in really well, and, and I think as a group and the type of players we have, uh, we all believe in our abilities to make the right plays, uh, create opportunities, and you know we're just I, I don't think we're making it too complicated, taking what's given to us and getting some pucks to the net, um, working hard to retrieve pucks, uh, winning lots of battles to, to continue momentum um, and eventually break them down. And, and I like our shooters that we got, so. It's relatively fluky as, as Camp's goal was there. Is it nice to see a guy that takes on so many defensive minutes get that goal, especially against his former team? Yeah, it's two for him now against his former team. They're a pretty big goal. So, uh, yeah, just uh, there's so many good little things, obviously not flashy and don't always draw the headlines, but uh, it's been such a nice piece for us, nice player for for us this year, uh, he's got a great attitude. Uh, you know, uh, tremendous professionalism to uh, to his uh, uh, his approach to the game and our group. And uh, he's found some uh, some good success and good to see him get rewarded. Anytime you guys go at West, it's a big deal. If you figure a trip like this might be something that helps the team in terms of taking up its game a little bit, that road mentality. Maybe I, I think we just we just got to be be a lot better than we have been and. Uh, for 60 minutes. I think we've shown that certainly through stretches over the last number of games where there's been a lot of good things. Um, but we just got to take care of certain areas that obviously help us take care of games, especially when we, we generate the leads uh, that we've had a couple times this week. So, um, you know, wh whatever the circumstances are, whether it's on the road or at home, uh, I think we just want to just be better, whatever it is. Obviously, uh, uh, that's the challenge we have. We're playing some really good hockey teams, so I see some tremend tremendously talented players. Um, and uh, should be looking forward to that that challenge. I have a couple of days here to 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 uh, uh, get some rest and recover. Uh, played a lot of hockey and, and look forward to the challenge. Will this trip feel different, being that it's not the North Division anymore? You haven't seen these guys in a while, and at the end there's a Seattle team you haven't seen before. Yeah, um, we've all been th through the, this type of trip before. Obviously, last year was a different set of circumstances. I think we're getting to the point uh, now in the season that we're kind of getting you know really familiar with uh, with what we're really used to. Um, uh, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, Canadian matchups obviously bring up a lot of excitement. Uh, fan bases uh, get pretty fired up. It's uh, a ton of fun to play in, though. So um, you can get to experience Seattle for the first time. So uh, a lot, uh, lot to be excited about, and, and like I said, look forward to and, and great challenges ahead. There is the Leafs captain, John Tavares, following the win. Uh, Brent Gunn and Gord Stellick with you for Leafs Nation postgame. Thanks so much to Danielle and Kyle behind the scenes. Gord and I will be back tomorrow 1-2 to two, with the Leafs this week or wherever you get your podcasts, including right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.